guy. Well, you guys sure do know how to make a guy feel special. I appreciate that. How many Jesus freaks this morning? Yeah. Okay, I asked this the first service. How many people like that song, DC Talk, Jesus Freak? Okay, good. All right. I love, love that song. Well, it's so good to be here. I love getting the opportunities to come back and be able to speak here. It's always, it's always a huge blessing for me. It's always cool to see how God's growing this church and how you guys are continuing being used of God to reach more people, right? Isn't it exciting to be a part of that? So um, just want to catch you up. For those who don't know, my name is Nick Olson. I am the uh, first church plant to be sent off from this church. And so been out in Erie, Colorado for about three years, and God's doing some really cool things there. We're getting ready to move into the high school, Erie High School, um, next month in August, and hopefully all goes well with that, but that's the plan. So if you can be praying for us about that, we're really excited about that. It's very similar to this. We've been setting up in an elementary school since we started, and it's just been difficult. Um, a lot of setup and teardown, so God's opened this door, and we're so excited to get there. So if you can continue to pray for us in that. Um, also, we just brought out our um, worship arts director, someone who's doing kind of the similar thing that Gary does here at this church, um, moved out from New York last week to be a part of our church. So we're really pumped about that. So God's doing some really cool things and uh, just excited to see what he's going to do in the future. Um, but I always say this every time I come, but it's always neat to see God do incredible things through the Orchard Church, not just here, but also in Erie and also as we plant more churches. Amen. It's cool to be a part of it. So so glad that I am here. So what I'm going to be doing today is speaking from a series that we did probably about a year ago um, on experiencing God. And so when we did this series, we had the conversation of what would it really look like for us to experience God on a daily basis? You know, like God has created us to experience him every single day, to have a closeness with him, to see him working in and through our life. But what does that look like? What would it mean and look like for us to be able to know that we were doing each and every day in the center of God's will? Wouldn't that be nice to know that? Wouldn't it be nice to experience that? Because that is exactly what God wants us to have. But how do we get there and what does that look like? And that's tough because many of you here this morning might say and be honest that, you know, I don't really feel like I'm experiencing God the way I ought to. You know, I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus and I get all that, but I just really don't feel like I'm experiencing God to the fullest in my life. I don't know what I'm missing. I don't know what it is, but I just don't feel like my relationship with God is where it ought to be to where I'm experiencing him each and every single day. You know, I think of it almost like marriage, that sometimes in a marriage, things are great, things are going well, but then sometimes things aren't going great, things aren't going well, and, and sometimes you can't really put your finger on what exactly it is in our marriage that, that is just making this disconnect. I can't put my finger on it, what exactly it is, but I can just sense that my marriage just isn't where it needs to be, and, and I think it's very easy for us as we follow God and his plan for our life, it's very easy for us to get to that same place. And maybe we don't know, can't put our finger on it, but man, I just, just don't feel like every day that I'm, I'm in the center of God's will and really experiencing him in my life. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning. How many have ever heard this statement that if you feel distance from God, guess who moved? Anybody ever heard that before? If you feel distance from God in your life, guess who moved? Just kind of signifying, if you feel distance from God, you've probably moved and gone a different direction. And so I'm actually going to disagree with that statement. I don't completely agree with that statement. I want to show you why. I need two volunteers. If I could get two volunteers this morning that I can bring up and humiliate, that would be awesome. Okay, I'm not going to do that. I just need two volunteers who would be willing to come up. Okay, Right here, you're both raising your hand, so I don't know which one. Can I take you in the green shirt there? Okay, and right here, awesome. 
if you guys would come. Can we give them a hand for volunteering to come up and be a part of this? So if you guys want to come down to this end, and, and I'm going to show you just, just a scenario um, of what experiencing God can look like. Okay, so what's your name? Martin. Martin, nice to meet you, man. Thanks for volunteering. How are you? Jessica, good to see you again. So why don't you stand right here? And then, Jessica, you can stand right by the side of him facing this way. Okay, so, so you're going you're gonna to represent God. Okay, so if you can glow a little bit. All right, if you can, there you go. All right, awesome. Okay, perfect. All right, and then you're just going to re- represent all of us. Okay, that's, that's how this is going to work. So this is, this is what it looks like. And, I, and we've got to understand this, that God is always at work all the time. God's always moving. God's always working his plan. Okay, and you can stop right there, God, just... Hold on for a second, okay? So God's always at work. God's got a plan, okay? He's working in your life every single day. He's working in the lives that surround you. God's got a purpose and a plan to bring people to him, and he never stops working, okay? You've got to understand that God's always at work. And so here's the thing that we can get, that if this is us in our life, and God's always working his plan, and as God's moving and working, he's always inviting us to join us, join him, but, but I want you to stay right there. He does invite, which is good. That was a good little... Come along. All right. So God's always at work, and he wants us to join him where he is at work. But here's what it looks like for us. For us, we understand this, that if we say, well, God, I know you're inviting me, calling me to this. You're asking me to make these steps of faith, change some things in my life, whatever it may be that you're calling me to do. I don't like that. I'm not comfortable with that. I don't want to do it. And sometimes we can do this, and we just turn the opposite direction. And this is, this is the sin of commission where we just totally decide to rebel against what God is calling us to. And we say, no, I'm not going to do that, God. And we just kind of take some steps in the opposite direction. Now, in this scenario, I would agree that if God feels distant, it's because you moved. So yeah, in that scenario, I would agree with that. But that's not typically how it plays out in the majority of our lives. Let me show you a way that's probably a little bit more applicable and practical. So if I can bring you guys back to where you guys were. So again, God's always at work, right? God's always at work. He's moving. I know this is redundant. I'm doing, having to do the same thing. But God's, God's at work. God's got a plan. He's working in our lives and the lives of those around us. And he's saying, come along. I want you to join me. I want you to experience me. I want you to experience all the things that I have for your life. Now, here's what happens most of the time, that when God calls us out, he's going to call us out to take steps of faith. He's going to call us outside of our comfort zone. He wants to stretch us. He wants to get us to a place where we're not dependent on ourselves. We are solely dependent on him and following him. And he's going to call us out in ways that we're like, oh man, I don't know God. And, And what happens in our life that when God's moving and working and calling us and leading us, that a lot of times we're like, God, I don't know if I can do that. That's a big step of faith. But God, I'm not going to like reject you, and I'm not going to go the opposite direction. We're not going to do the sin of commission. What we're going to do is the sin of omission, a failure to obey, just to say, God, you know what? I I hear you. I feel you leading, but I'm just not ready for that. Doesn't mean I'm never going to do it, but I'm just not going to do it right now. I'm I'm going to wait. And our hope is that as we stay here, we're hoping that God will pause as well. But God don't work that way. God's got a plan. God's got a mission and a purpose. And, and, and he's got a timeline, right? He needs to reach people. He needs people to come to faith in his son, Jesus Christ, and he wants to use us in that plan. He wants to stretch our faith so we're dependent on him and just following him and all that he has for us. So God is going to continue to move. God's continue to work. God's going to continue to work his plan and his purpose. And all along the way, you've got to understand that he's not ignoring us and rejecting us. He's still saying, come on. His spirit's still, yeah, exactly like that. 
Exactly. A little more dramatic, though. Probably not like a little one. Probably like, come on. There we go. All right. God's doing that. He's calling us. He's saying, come on, I want you to join me. I want you to join me. But the longer that we stay on pause and we're like, God, I don't know. I'm not ready to make that step. I'm not ready to make that step. I'll wait maybe down the road. And the longer we put ourselves on pause, look what's happening. And we wonder, why do I feel distance? Well, it's not because necessarily that you're rejecting God and rebelling against God. You're a follower of Christ, but there's some things that he's calling you to that you're like, I'm just not ready yet. And the longer you stay there, it's the more distance you have from God and you're not experiencing him. And the only way for us to experience God in our life is if we join him where he is at work. As God leads and directs and calls, we follow him. And the only way we can experience God in our life is if we walk hand in hand with him, following him every step of the way. That's the only way. Can we give these guys a hand for volunteering? Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. And, and God with his extra special glow as he, as he leaves the shining glory. All right, awesome. Thank you, guys. So, so that's what I want to talk to you about today is how can we experience God? We're going to look at a passage of Scripture in Genesis chapter 11. So if you want to go there, um, we're going to look at a, a little part of the life of Abraham. And we're going to look at his story, and we're going to look at how God worked in his life and called him, and that Abraham took some step of faith, and that's when he began to experience God. So the story of Abraham is going to show us this, how we can begin to experience God's will in our life, how we can begin to experience God's will in our life. So Genesis chapter 11, starting verse 31, and says this, and Terah took his son Abram. Now Terah is Abram's father, Abraham's father. Now, right now, his name's Abram, and Abram means this. It means significant father, but God's going to change his name later on in the story to Abraham, and that's the father of nations, but Abram is not ready to be Abraham because he has not experienced God yet, but he will, and when he does, that's when his name changes. So let's read the rest of 31. So Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and they went out with them from the Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. So I know it's just one verse, but you can really get a lot out of it, especially when it, we're talking about experience God's will in our life. So here is Terah, the leader of the family. God has clearly called him to say, I want you to go to Canaan, the promised land. What we know is Israel. God had called him to go and take your family there. So in the midst of this journey to Canaan, Terah and his family stop in Haran. Now Haran is midway between where they were and Canaan. They stop midway and that's where they stopped, and it, the Bible tells us that they dwelt there. They lived there. It's almost like in this point that Terah was following after God. God had called and led, and he was following after him, but he got to a point halfway that he just decided to stop to say, you know what? I've gone far enough. I feel like I, fo I followed God far enough. I've made a lot of sacrifices even to get to this point. There's been a lot of bumps in the road. It's hot in this desert. Issues with camels, all this kind of stuff. You know, this is, this is far enough. I've, I've gone far enough. This looks like a good spot. God, I don't know what your plan is, but I think that this spot is okay. So I'm just going to stop here and I'm going to dwell here for a little bit. And this is going to show us the very first thing that if you want to experience God's will in your life, you got to know this, number one, never settle in Haran. Never settle in Haran. Haran is always a picture in the Bible of incomplete obedience to God. It's like 
falling short of what God is trying to take us to. It's like being okay with just mediocre, just being okay with where we're at at this point, but not really wanting to go a little bit further. We just want to have this incomplete obedience in our life. And that's exactly what was happening with Terah. He, God clearly called him to go to Canaan, follow me there. But in the midst of following him, he got complacent. Maybe he got selfish. Maybe he got lazy. Maybe there were some steps of faith that he continued to make that maybe he wasn't willing to make. And I think it's very easy for us to get there that if you have placed your faith in Jesus and as a follower of Christ, it's very easy for us in following God to settle in Haran, to stop halfway. I believe with all my heart that the majority of Christians today settle in Haran. They stop halfway. That as God is leading and directing, we get to a point to say, well, God, you know what? I'm already doing this. Me following you and placing my faith in you, I've already had to make enough sacrifices in my life to get where I'm at now. You know, I've had to do some things and change some things in my life, some habits that I've gotten rid of. God, I've done a lot of things to get where I'm at now. And I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm okay where I'm at now. I'm, I'm, this is good enough. God, I don't know what your plan is down the road, but where I'm at right now, I feel like is good enough, and we kind of just stop where we're at. And can I just tell you this, that God is never going to finish with where we're at. And you may feel like, well, gosh, I'm doing really good spiritually, and that's awesome, but God wants to go further with you. God's got a greater plan for you. God is never done with us because he wants to do an incredible work in and through us. He wants us to experience him like we never have before. But if you settle in Haran, you'll never experience God. That if you just want to stop where you're at, and if God continues to lead, we just say, well, you know what? I've gone far enough. I've done enough. I've sacrificed enough. I feel like where I'm at is okay. And that's where Terah was at. But look at verse 32. Look what happens. So the days of Terah were 205 years. And Terah what? Died. Where did he die? In Haran. I hate to say this, but I would venture to say that the majority, and hopefully not the case, but the majority of people here maybe even, are living in Haran and will die there. In terms of our Christian faith, that we're okay with just getting by. We're, we're okay with maybe just doing the Sunday church thing. That maybe we're okay with what God has led us to up to this point. But any further past that, I don't know about that. And if you want to experience God's will in your life, you've got to get to a point to say, I'm, I'm never going to settle in Haran. That God's got me here, where I'm at today. But God's got something even greater down the road. And that if God leads me, I'm just going to continue to follow. That's how you experience him. But if you want to just settle for where we're at right now, we will miss God's will for our life. We will miss experiencing him. So never settle in Haran. So let's, let's jump to chapter 12. Verse 1. It says this, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Now they're in Haran. Terah has died there. So God speaks to Abram. Get out of your country, talking about Haran from from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. So he says, come on, get up and go. Abraham has lived in Haran for a while now. He's settled there. They've been there for a while. He's probably got plans made in Haran. He's got great visions of future for his career, that he's going to open a super camel store with financing, right? Get your camels here. He's got a vision for that. He's got a vision for his family. This is where I want to be. I got plans in Haran. And as, as soon as he's got these things figured out, God steps in and says, all right, get up. Let's go. I want you to go to Canaan. Follow me. 
So this is going to bring up the second point, that if you want to experience God's will in your life, then you've got to know this. Know that if you work your plans, you will never experience God. That if you work your plans, you will never experience God. God comes in a moment in Abraham's life where he's got a plan. He's got things figured out. This is where I want to go. This is what I want to do. I've got things figured out. And as soon as he gets to that point, God steps in and calls him and said, let's go. I want you to understand this, church, that when God speaks to us and leads us, it will never be in a convenient time, okay? Just know that. How many appreciate that about God? Okay, liars, okay. <laughs> when God, when God, I'm just kidding. When God speaks to us and leads us in our life, it's never at a convenient time. Think about it. If our life was a mess, then it would be easy to say yes to God, right? If life was a mess and you're like, I want to get out of here, and God calls, awesome. I want to follow you, God. Even, even your plan is better than this. Even your plan's better than this because it's just a mess. God doesn't work that way. It's when we have our plans made up, we've got it all figured out that that's when God's going to step in the picture and say, hey, I've got a plan, and it's never going to be in a convenient time, and it's never going to be in Haran. Even when we've got it figured out, God, I've, I've got my path set for my career. I know where I want to go. I've got it all figured out. They're going to give me the key to the executive bathroom. This is the greatest thing ever, right? I've got a plan, and it's all figured out. I've got a plan for my family. I've got a plan for my finances. I've got a plan for what we're going to do and where we're headed, God, and, and this is my plan. This is my plan for what involvement I'm going to have in, in the church. This is my plan for, for what we're going to do in serving the people that are in my life and in my sphere of influence. God, this is my plan. This is my plan for my kids. This is my plan for my marriage. And we got this figured out. And it's when we've got our plan that God's going to step in and say, no, guess what? I've got a better plan. I've got a better plan. I want to lead you and call you to something greater. And a lot of those times when God calls us, we're going to have to leave Haran. We're going to have to step outside of maybe some of our plans to follow after him. But here comes the point, is that when God speaks to you and leads you in your life, and you've got a plan, you've got it figured out, you've got a, a system already set, you've got habits in your life that you've already been living by, you've got it figured out, and God calls you and says, no, I've got a different plan. You've got a decision to make. Are you going to pursue your plans or are you going to pursue God's plans? Because when God calls you out, you're going to have to take a step of faith. That when God calls you out in certain areas of your life, you're going to have to make some changes. You're going to have to make some sacrifices. You're going to have to do some things in order to make God a priority to follow after him and to be a part of his plan. But if your plans get in the way, and if your plans make you hesitant to follow after him, let me just tell you this, that you will never experience God like you're supposed to. Because if you try to work your plans, then you will miss out on experiencing God. You will miss out on it. You know, I, uh, I went to school in Springfield, Missouri, went to a Bible college out there. And while I was going to college out there, the last two years that I was there, God opened up a door of an opportunity for me on the church that I was going to, to take over uh, the middle school department, all right? There was only, that never existed, really. There was only like three students that were in the middle school, and they asked me to take it over and, and just, get this, just get this thing growing and just start to reach kids. So I was like, absolutely, God opened a door, God, God called, and we just answered to it, and we stepped out in faith, and we did it. And it was so cool to see God work because we went from three kids in a tiny little room and then we packed that room out and then we moved to another room, we packed that room out and then soon we had 70 junior high students. I, I can't believe I'm still alive today without any gray hair, but 
it was amazing to see God work and, and to see God reach these junior high, middle school students. It was an incredible thing. And then when I graduated there um, at the college, that church offered me a full-time position. And so this was a big church. It was about seven or 800 when I started, and it grew, grown to 1,000 people. And, and it was a beautiful building, and the land that, that it was on was beautiful. It was kept up really nice. It was like Disneyland, it looked like. You know, it was this beautiful place. And God had provided for us. Things were going well. And my plan was, let's just settle here. Let's just settle here. This is going to be great. But then God opened up a door and began to speak to our heart and call us. And, and a door opened up in Ohio. And uh, it was to go to this church um, that the pastor had retired. It was an older church. And there was about 60 people. And this new pastor was coming in. Never had a youth department before. It was old and and run down the building was. But we went to check it out just to see maybe if this is what God would have for us. We went. Um, it just, it looked bad. Went in the building. It smelled, smelled like mothballs. Everybody got into a building. smelled like mothballs. Whew, man, it's just, just bad, you know? And all the walls were like pea green color. And in this big room, there was a record player. Even a record player was in there. It's like I stepped back in time into the 70s. And it wasn't, you know, a record player. You go, wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Not one of those. It's not for that. It was just... To listen to music. So that's how old it was. And so I went, no, no youth group, no nothing. I was like, this cannot be it, God. This is not the plan. Let's go back to Missouri. Let's be there. Let's stay there. Things are happening. It's great. Um, beautiful building. Things are growing. Let's just stay here, God. This is, let's just settle here. Let's, let's stick with my plan. This will be so much better. But God's plans are never in her on, right? And God spoke and said, no, I've got a plan. I've got a plan that's better than that plan. And I want you to follow me. So we went out to Ohio and we started doing youth ministry out there. And we got to see God bless it from three kids to 130 students. And it was incredible. We would do all-nighters once a year. And we started with 20 kids on the first one. And the last year we did, we had 500 students come to it. We saw a ton of students place their faith in Christ. And we saw a ton of students who are now even youth pastors and in ministry and going to Bible college to be prepared for that. And it's just an amazing thing. And I wonder, what if I pursued my plan? What would have happened? You know, soon after we'd been in Ohio for a few years, we found out that the pastor at the church in Missouri was arrested for soliciting a male prostitute. And the church just began to fall apart. Do you get this? That even in our plans, when we think we got it figured out, God's plans are always so much better. Even when you got to sacrifice, even when you got to step out in faith, God's plans are always better. And when we step out in faith to follow him, even though in, in our mind, this was a huge, like, step down, right? A step down in position, a step down in a lot of things. It doesn't matter. It's God's plan. And we follow it. And God does amazing things. And I know this, that if I would have pursued my plan, I never would have experienced God like I did. I never would have if I would have chased my plans. If you chase your plan, you will miss experiencing God. Let's look back at chapter 12. So he calls him out. I want you to get out of the country with your fam from your family and from your father's house to a land that I'm going to show you. Just come on, let's go. I've got a plan. Had an inconvenient time for him. I've got a plan. Let's go. Verse 2. He says this, this. This is my plan. This is what he tells Abraham. My plan is this. This is my direction for you. This is what i got to say. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. 
and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse, those, curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So here is Abraham thinking probably, man, I'd really like to know, God, what your plan is. You're leading me to leave here to go to Canaan. I would like to know the details of your plan. But God says, no, all I want you to do is get up and go. And let me just tell you what's going to happen. I'm gonna, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to bless you. That's all he says. He doesn't give any details or anything like that. So that gives us our next point. That if you want to experience God's will in your life, you've got to know this. You must come to terms that God will never tell you the rest of the plan. That when God speaks to you and leads you and directs you in your life and it's steps of faith that you got to take to follow him and they're going to be difficult steps and when he calls you out, you're going to want to know the rest of the plan but you got to understand, God is never going to tell you the rest of the plan. It's like this. God will take this step and God tells us this, I want you to do that. I want you to honor me in that. I want you to share your faith. I want, you to, I want you to place me in the center of your life. I want you to follow me. I want you to change some things in your life so, so that you can truly pursue me and grow in your faith. I, I just want you to take this step, whatever it is in your life, whatever it may be that God's calling you to, he's going to say, I want you to make this step. And for us, we're like, I don't know, God, that's scary. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know about the people around me, how they're going to respond to that. I don't know what's going to look like. I don't know what the changes are going to happen. I don't know if I can afford it. Whatever it is, that scares me. I don't know if I can make that step. But here, God, if you could do this, if I make this step, if you could share with me the details for the rest of your plan, then I could see the rest of the details, then I can okay that plan. And then I might be able to make this step, right? And that's kind of how we think. It'd be nice. God, if you could just tell me if I make that step, which is scary for me, I'd really like to know what the next one's going to be and where you're going to lead me next. And then after I make that step, I'd really like to know the details of the next one. And then if you lead me to do that one, then I'd like to know the next one too. So if you could just tell me, God, what the steps are, where you're leading me, what's your plan, God, give it to me. Let me know. Because if each step after this step is as hard or more hard, more difficult than the first one, I don't know if I can do it. But if you can tell me your plan, then I can look at these and make some tweaks in it, right? That God, I I see where you're leading me here, but that really doesn't need to happen that way. So let's just kind of move this one a little bit. And God, let's be honest. I mean, this one, we really don't need to have that one, right? So let's just take that one out. Let's just remove that step altogether. And if we do that, I'm okay with that. I I can okay that one. But if we do that, who's, whose plan is that? Who's playing God in that scenario? God's never going to show you the rest of the plan. You know why? Because you're not going to like it. We're not going to like the rest of the plan. Think of it in Abraham's case. God says, I want you to leave her on. I want you to go to Canaan. I want you to take step. I'm not even going to tell you what's going to happen, what's going to look like. Just get up and go. Just get up and go. And I'm not going to tell you that when you get there, Abraham, that you're going to have, as soon as you get there, there's going to be a famine. And if God laid out the rest of the plan to Abraham and say, okay, here's the rest of the plan, Abraham, then I'm going to lead you to the next step. And when you take that next step, your nephew Lot's going to be kidnapped. And then the rest of my plan is, Abraham, is, is that you know how I promised you that you're going to be a father of nations? Well, we're going to put that on hold for 25 years. You're going to be 100 years old, and your wife's going to be 90 before you had a kid. And then my next part of that plan is when you have that kid, I'm going to actually take that kid up to the top of a mountain and sacrifice him. How many of you guys think if God laid that out for Abraham, Abraham would be like, sign me up for that plan. <laughs> I like that. I want to be a part of that plan. That sounds great. No, he didn't do that. Why? Because... 
God knew if he was going to paint that picture, Abraham was going to say, no, I don't like that plan. And when God leads and directs you in your life, if God were to show you the rest of the plan, you'd say, no, that looks really hard. That looks painful. That looks like it's going to hurt at points in my life. That's going to be some sacrifices. No, God, I don't think so. That's why God doesn't show you the rest of the plan because he knows you're going to veto the plan. That's why he only does it one step at a time. He says, just, just go to Canaan. Just follow me, get up and go. And it's easy for us because we know the rest of the story for Abraham. We could just say, man, Abraham, just go. God's going to bless you. God's going to come through with his promise. And God's going to do incredible things through your life, man. Just, just go. It's going to work out great. God's plan is going to be phenomenal, better than you could have ever imagined. Do you get this, church? That God's the same way with our life. That although we can't see the rest of the plan, if you just take it one step at a time, God leads, God calls, God convicts, you go. One step at a time. And then the next one, when you're ready, he's going to lead, he's going to direct, he's going to convict, and you just go. And that you continue to make these steps in your life, and I guarantee that as you do that, no matter how difficult they are, God's plan will be lived out in your life, and it's going to be better than you can have ever imagined. And better than that, you're going to experience God like you never have before. You'll experience him, him in a way that you never have before. But here's, here's the problem. Some of you are still at this one. And you're still in Haran, and you're still looking at that and what God's leading and directing you to, and you're, you haven't made that step yet. It scares you and it makes you nervous, and you don't know what the rest of the plan is going to look like. But there's got to come a point in your life where you trust God and have faith in God enough that he's going to work his plan out in your life. He's going to do incredible things in your life. No matter the steps that you've got to make to sacrifice some things or change some things or step outside of your comfort zone to serve him in ways that you never have before, that you've got to have enough faith to step out and say, okay, God, you're leading me to it. I'm just going to go. It's then you begin to experience God. And then the next step may, may hurt. It may be painful, but as he leads you, you just say, okay, God, I'm going to do it. And you're going to experience God. And you're going to experience his plan. And you're going to be in the center of his will, exactly where he wants you to be. But some of you are still settling in Haran and just, I just don't know if I can do it. And before you know it, you're going to die in Haran. In your Christian faith, never having experience in God the way that you were created to. You know, what if Abraham never left Haran. What if he never left? What if he experienced God? Would he become the father of a great nation? You know, I think of, I think of my life, and I think of when, you know, I told about the story of God leading us from Missouri to Ohio. Well, we'd been in Ohio for eight years, and God was doing some tremendous things. And it was at that point that God started to work in my life, you know, that I, I could do youth ministry with my eyes closed and God had a different plan. You know, God never wants us to be content, right? God never wants us to get to a place where like, I've got this, I can do this on my own, I've got it covered. God always wants to stretch our faith. God always wants us to take us to a next step where we are just stepping out in faith and trusting him. God's always got a greater plan for us. And when we were there, God started to lay on our heart and he said, Nick, I want you to leave and I want you to go 
to plant a church in the fifth most unchurched state in our nation. And not only do I want you to do that, I want you to go and just take a handful of people and I want you to plant a church in, in an area of Colorado where 70 to 80% of people could care less about Christ or the church in Weld Boulder County. I'm going to lead you to a place where you're right by Boulder and we know Boulder needs Jesus, right? <laughs> Boulder needs Jesus. Some people are clapping. Yes! Boulder needs Jesus. Okay, and it, I never ex- would have imagined this, but Erie being so close to Boulder, it, it tr- it's a tremendous thing that that culture rubs off on. And, and, and Jesus and the church is, is not something that's a significant importance to people out there. And God's going to call me out there. Yes! At least I can smoke weed and not be in trouble. No, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> But he led us out there, and he led us out there to, to go, and, and God, you wanted me to leave um, and take my family to a place that they have not grown accustomed to. Um, we got to leave a salary. We got to raise support. God, I, I don't know. This is like that step. God, do you know that 80% of church plants fail, and you want me to take my family and my kids to go to a place that, that is unreached and unchurched and difficult to plant in? God, you want, you want to call me to go there? You want me to bring my family there? God, show me the rest of the plan that I can make some tweaks in, and then maybe I might go. But God didn't do that. God just said, I just want you to go. And so we stepped out in faith, and we left, and we went. And I wonder sometimes if we never would have left, that if the church in Erie, Colorado, Orchard Erie would have ever gotten started. I wonder if Doug never made that step when God called him to plant a church in Brighton, Colorado, if he never made that step, that this church would be here. I wonder if we never made it, would have made that step to follow God, that the people that have placed their faith in Jesus Christ in Erie would have ever made those decisions. The people that were far from God, that are now growing in a relationship with him, the people that just kind of went to church, that now are serving and growing in a vibrant relationship with him. I wonder if those things would have ever happened. I don't know, but I do know this that I never would have experienced God like I was meant to. I do know that. I want to read these last verses as we close out. Or last verse, chapter 4, or chapter 12, verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Again, he didn't give him much of a plan. He just went. And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed. Then Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people who they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abraham heard God speaking and leading and directing in his life, and he took a step of faith and went. He got up and went. And it's then that he began to experience God. Can I ask you this, church? What is this step in your life? What is God speaking to you about? What is God working in your life about? What step in your life has God been really trying to push you to make? What is it? Because he's working. God's always at work. God's always got a plan. And he's inviting you to join him. And many times when he invites us to join him, there's got to be a step of faith to follow. What is that in your life? What is that in your life, a step that you can take to, to fully commit to following after him? Because I know this, that if you are in Haran right now, 
you know exactly what it is in your life that's keeping you there. And that if you're not careful, you're going to remain there. You're going to die there. And you're going to miss out on experiencing God. What is it that's keeping you from making that step of faith and trust and to begin experiencing God the way that you were created to? Can we pray together? Lord, we love you and thank you for loving us. Thank you that you have a plan. Thank you that you want us in your will and that, God, that you just have so many tremendous things for us and that you want to take us to a place where we are growing in our faith and just experiencing you, working in our life and through our lives. But God, we know that you are going to continue to stretch us, continue to lead us, continue to convict us in things in our life that we can change to fully commit to follow after you, God. And, and many of those steps are difficult, but God, we know we can trust you. And so right now, I just want to pray that you will speak to hearts and lives that are here this morning hearts and lives that you desperately want them to follow you and the plan that you have for their life because it's an incredible plan. And so I just pray that you will draw them to it and speak and lead. As we continue in an attitude of prayer with eyes closed and heads bowed, you know, as we talk about just experiencing God and the plan that he has for your life, can I just tell you this? You can never experience God until you have made a decision to place your faith in his son, Jesus Christ. There's never been a moment in your life where you've come to the realization that, you know what? I'm a sinner. I've disobeyed God. I've messed up and I realize that those sins make it impossible for me to have a relationship with him. But God loves us and wants that relationship so badly that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, who became sin for us and died on a cross to pay for our sins so that we wouldn't have to. So that by believing who Jesus is and what he did for us on that cross and placing our faith in him, that our sins can be forgiven and we can be made right in the eyes of God. And by placing our faith in Jesus and following after him, we can begin to experience God in our life. But you may be here this morning and have never made that decision. Never trusted who Jesus is, who he said he was, and what he did for you on that cross. And today I want to give you that opportunity so that you can begin to experience God the way you were meant to. So if that's you this morning, you've never made that decision, can I just give you this opportunity while you're in your seat just to tell God, God, I know that you love me. And I know that you want a relationship with me. And I believe with all my heart that you sent your only son, Jesus, to become sin and die on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven. And can I encourage you right now in your seat for you to ask Jesus Christ to be your forgiver. Say, I need your forgiveness. I accept what you did for me. And then ask him to be your leader. I want to follow you. I want to give you my life. And thank him for what he did for you. Thank him for dying on that cross so you could have a relationship with God so you could experience it. And with eyes closed and heads bowed, the Bible tells us this, that when we make a decision to place our faith in Christ and what he did, did for us, that it should be celebrated. It should be professed. I'm not, I'm not going to call anybody out or anything like that, but if you made that decision this morning and you asked Jesus to be your forgiver and leader, can we just celebrate that by you raising your hand real quick? Anybody like that? Say, yes, I made that decision. Thank you. Thank you. I see your hands. 
Hands up all over. Awesome. Then for us who are followers of Christ, there's steps. Don't settle in Haran. Follow God wherever he's leading you. Take a step and begin to experience God like you were meant to. God, we praise you so much for all the decisions that have been made this morning. We give you all the praise, honor, and glory. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we thank Nick for that great message and praise the Lord for decisions? Awesome. Thank you so much, Nick, for such a practical message. Um, Hope you guys will apply that to your life. I know that that uh, journey was huge for us when we stepped out in faith to plant Orchard Church uh, eight years ago. A verse that was just a theme verse for our life and has been for our church for the last eight years is Proverbs 16, 9. It says that a man's heart plans his way, but it's the Lord that directs our steps. Isn't that true, church? Great, great message. Hey, if you made a decision for Christ today and you raised your hand and said, I accepted Christ, please let us know about that on your connection card. You can check the box that says, I accepted Christ. Give us your mailing address because we want to continue to pray for you, send you a little book in the mail called Seven Steps to Joy. It'll help you in your walk with Christ. If you're a first-time guest today, thanks for worshiping with us here at Orchard Church. We hope we are as much a blessing to you as you blessed us with your presence today. Hope you filled out your connection card. You can drop that in the offering bucket. We'll receive our gifts in just a moment as well. Um, We're super excited for Nick and Orchard Church of Erie. I can't believe that we sent them away from here uh, three and a half years ago. It seems like yesterday he did an internship with us for a couple of years. We sent him and a group of families out. And it's just so exciting to see that church growing and thriving. Uh, They're completely independent, self-supportive church now and uh, reaching people for Christ. We're super excited about them going into the high school over there in Erie. Uh, So let's be praying for them, church. Aren't we excited for Orchard Erie, what God is doing? Praise God for that. And and as most of you know, it has been our plan and heart's desire and God's leading to to continue to plant churches. We want to do it again. And so we've been playing praying for the next church planter. Um, we do have Marcial and Jana Munoz coming here from Mexico. Uh, Lord willing, they're going to be here uh, 1st of January to help us start a Spanish-speaking service here out of Orchard Church. It may end up being an Orchard Spanish church, or it might just be an extension of this ministry. We're going to let God direct our steps in that. But uh, be praying for Marcial and Jana um, in the next few weeks and, and few months as they're trying to get their paperwork and everything together. Uh, be praying for them specifically. They're going to be going to the embassy for an interview it's part of the process for them to be able to come here and have the residency so so be praying excuse me be praying for them specifically um, in the next few weeks as they have that interview and then another thing I want to ask you guys to be praying for for our church right here as you know we have a gentleman who is trying to purchase the land next door here to the high school 38 acres and his intention is to take that and develop it and donate a portion of that land back to Orchard Church for us to potentially build a building it's going to be worth about a million dollars the land he's looking at giving us this Wednesday there's going to be a meeting with us and the planning uh committee there in Brighton and that's kind of the next step in trying to see this happen there's a lot of moving parts and things that have to take place but be specifically in prayer for that meeting this coming Wednesday um, that the city will approve some of the things that we're looking at at doing and so we'll just keep you guys informed as we move along but it's exciting times amen so be praying for that and see what see what God does we appreciate your prayers 
and that opportunity. Well, let's stand. We're going to close in a song of worship and worship through our giving. Hope you guys are enjoying our greatest hit series. Uh, next two weeks, I'm going to be speaking on marriage. I did a series a few years ago called Once Upon a Marriage, picking two of the favorite messages from that. So I'll be speaking the next two weeks on marriage. So you be here, bring your friends, family. It's going to be a great service. So let's close in worship today.